With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and all major podcast providers. So if you can't catch the show live, you can download it or simply use our free podcast player, which is available on our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to connect with us, please post your question on our wall on Facebook or send me a tweet at June Stoyer on Twitter. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by Austria's Finest Naturally, authentic pumpkin seeds and pumpkin seed oil from the Steiermark, available at OrganicUniverse.com. Listeners of The Organic View can receive $1 off their purchase by using the coupon code ORGVIEW. That's O-R-G-V-I-E-W. For other promotional offers, please visit TheOrganicView.com's website. On today's show, we're going to talk about preparing for spring how to prepare your rose beds, and also tips for pruning roses. So I'd like to welcome to the show America's favorite rosarian, Susan Fox. Good afternoon, Susan. Hi, June. How are you? It's so great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Susan, you are by far one of the most loved guests on this show, I can't tell you how many people enjoy all of the things that you share in each and every segment that you do. And the love is really there. Every time I have a conversation with you, and I know other people that know you and have listened to your lectures and whatnot, you're just such an amazing person. And you have so much information to share. And what I love about you is that you share it so freely. You're not like, Many of these people that I come across where it's almost like a secret recipe that they don't want to share. (laughs) And the thing is, is that that's the joy of gardening. I've told you before, June, that as a consulting rosarian, part of our creed is to share our secrets with people and to help them to grow roses. We want people to grow roses and to Spread the word that growing roses is not difficult. So if if I can tell people my secret recipe and encourage them to grow roses and answer questions, that's part of what I'm committed to do. And I I am so thrilled when someone says that they've put in a rose garden or I've told them something and they've started their own little garden and and that little part of what I've shared with them makes a difference. That's that's what I want to do. So thanks for telling me that. It just brings joy to my life. Oh, you're very welcome. Now, isn't it true that you were instrumental in planting the the rose, or the, you were instrumental in the selection of roses that will be at the Chicago Flower Show, which is coming up soon? Last year... Tony Abrascato had invited me to be a speaker at his 
show, the Chicago Flower and Garden Show, and we spoke, I spoke to a full house about roses, and the lecture was called Rapid Result Results with Roses. And after the show, Tony's show is display gardens, just magnificent display gardens. He had been to the Chelsea Flower and Garden Show in in over in uh, um, England, the UK, and he wanted to fashion his show like that. And so with all these beautiful gardens, and he had lots of cut roses, but he didn't have a he didn't have a rose garden with potted roses. So I said to him, even though he had all of these beautiful cut roses, I said, Tony, where's your rose garden? I didn't see the traditional American rose growers. And so he said, Susan, you know, let's talk about that. So I started getting emails like, Susan, how is our rose garden coming along? And that's that's the story. Tony and I started working on that. And I I talked to, um, uh, I sent emails to my wonderful friends at Star Roses and Plants in two weeks to Jacques Farrar and Kyle McKean and to uh, Karen and and before you know it, um, you know this is a big deal because roses don't bloom in Chicago in March. I mean that's like New York. You know what the weather's like in New York, right? Um, so <laughs> now that you said that saying, the snow is going to fall even more, <laughs> yeah. But go on. <laughs> well, at any rate, they, we started talking, and uh, the next thing you know, they said, "Well, if we can find some greenhouses that will take the roses, and we can and pull the roses around Christmas, and we can force those blooms." And um, before you know it, there's a team of people. I just want to, because we've got a lot to talk about, but um, if we can force those roses and we can get those roses together. So a team, these wonderful people at Star Roses and Plants got their team on it and Karen at Weeks and they, um, all of the wonderful collaboration between these people and the greenhouses and at Gethsemane Gardens in Chicago. And, you know, when people put their heads together, June, they can do it. And now those roses are growing up in Michigan someplace, and then they're going to be all together in um, a miniature garden, a display garden of miniatures. So we're going to have two display gardens. Tony uh, Abrascato believes in that, in this Rose Gardens, and God willing, we're going to have two display gardens at the Chicago Flower and Garden Show in um, March in Chicago. And I'm sure, everybody, story, but <laughs> I'm sure everybody is going to go gaga well, I'm pretty excited. I, know you, I know you can tell, but um, and oh, we have two wonderful designers. I can't forget them. That's uh, Scott Mahaffey and Nathan Beckner. Uh, I don't want to leave anybody's name out because it's been such a wonderful effort by so many people, June, that, that believe in this in having this rose garden in Chicago. And you're and, also uh, going to be talking there. You're going to be giving a yes. lecture. Yes. Could you could you share with our listeners what you're going to be talking about? And, folks, if you're in the Chicago area, Susan, what are the dates again? Well, Tim Wood from Star Roses is going to come in, too, and I'm going to introduce him because he's the one who sort of pulled everybody together and said, okay, folks, we're going to get greenhouses to force these roses, and that's the first Saturday, and that's Saturday, uh, March 14th in Chicago, and that's on Landscaping with Roses. And, um Star's theme is um, roses that love where you live. 
And then the second Saturday, also Richard Anthony, of uh, he's the one who's bringing in the miniature roses for the miniature garden, and that's for love of roses. He'll be talking, and I'll be talking about miniature roses as the hot new color spot. You know, uh, miniatures are um, fabulous perennials, and I love them anywhere I can put in a perennial, I put in a miniature rose. I know I've, now, I've anytime, anytime I can tell you about that, you know I do, June. Now, before we can even get to the point where we can plant perennials, we need to talk yeah. about some basic things. So many people make mistakes when it comes to preparing the garden beds and even with pruning. So uh, I'm so glad that you're on the show to ta- today to talk about these things. Now, before we begin, I think it's important to talk about tools. Well, yes. I cringe when I see people using all sorts of tools that are just wrong. They use the wrong type of pruners. They, they, uh, uh, in some cases, they hack the plant to death. I mean, it's just awful. And I, for the life of me, I just can't understand why nobody showed these poor people, you know, what the proper method is. So, Susan, considering that you also have your own, which I'm very jealous of, uh, <laughs> tools which have your initials, actually your full name in them, I, I have to say I'm, I'm extremely jealous, Susan. Uh, could you share with our listeners when it comes to roses, what are some key tools that every gardener should have? June, I know that you probably will believe this, but I carry pruners in my purse. Yeah, I know yes, that you believe yes. this, right? I okay. do too. <laughs> I you have to have really good pruners. And I I know that you're gonna put this up later. This um I wrote you information about the hottest new tool that I've seen is that convertible pruner because you know, you're right there. You're on your hands and knees. You've already done a lot of your uh, topping of the roses. You think you're not going to need the loppers. And there you are. You've got everything right next to you. And you're, you're, you've got everything blocked in. The wheelbarrow's there. And you think you won't need the loppers, but you've got a very large cane. And you need the loppers. And you really don't want to get off your hands and knees or you either have to crawl around everything. So what I've, every rosarian I see are just crazy about those convertible loppers. They're, they are, they're convertible pruner. I mean, they're a pruner that's fold out into a lopper. And it's, it's just a wonderful, um, um, they will work both as your pruner and your lopper. So what do they run you, for? You, about how much do they cost? They're only day? about, they're only about, they're $39. Oh, that's and not bad. Just, no, they're a really, really great tool. And um, now, now I have a question in regards to the pruners. What I find mm-hmm. often, especially at the beginning of the season when I'm doing a lot of pruning, my my tools get very dull. So do you mm-hmm. self-sharpen or do you go to a service? What do you, what do, you do? I'm just curious. Well, as you know, any my husband it can do anything, and – he sharpens them for me, and but you know, there's anybody who does great knife sharpening. You know, there's a lot of good knife sharpening places, but he's he does it. He sharpens everything. I mean, he he'll grab anything from me that's not sharp and take it away. He tells me that a dull tool is not a good thing. I mean, so 
he's got all sorts of sharpening things and instruments out there. So he takes all of my pruners, and I have a lot of them. I mean, you'd think I just need one or two, right? But I have a, a lot of pruners. Well, for and folks that don't have the luxury of your husband sharpening their tools, <laughs> what do you recommend, Susan? I would recommend that you, um, you know, that you can you can get, you know, you've seen those uh, steel type implements that you sharpen your knives. You, they do work. I have done I have done that, but I would take them to a knife sharpener and have them professionally sharpened. That's what I would do because you need them to operate. Very Where do we well. even find somebody that does that? I know in the New York metro area, it's kind of word word of mouth for something like that. So, what do you do in your neck of the woods? Uh, I would look at, I would Google it like I do everything. I would Google um, or um, that's pretty much what I do for anything that I don't. Uh, but you know something, the the great uh, thing. There's no blacksmith with, guild or something? <laughs> um, sharpening, just look up sharpening. But I do know that the new, these new tools that are, that are out that you buy, they are so excellent and if you take care of them and you don't leave them out they really stay they really stay sharp for a long time june i haven't had trouble with them becoming dull if you take care of them they well, are the steel. Is, if you do heavy duty pruning they will become dull it doesn't matter yeah. after a period of time they're going to become dull so that's yeah. always a big concern but i i guess yeah, uh, that is a good idea to Google it. Uh, I think that it also might help if you le- if you reach out to your local extension, cooperative extension, yes. to see if they have any recommendations. And what about the different societies? Do they have any select people that they prefer to work with, or do you know your local? When you um, you know that I'm a great big proponent of joining your local American Rose Society and. People in your local American Rose Society will know the people who sharpen tools, and oftentimes the people within those societies have have people within the society that sharpen the tools. So that's a very good idea. And um, so they will recommend someone, if not someone right in that organization, that will do it for you, and um, the local agricultural services as well. So Thank the you. new extension services, the county extension services. Thank you. And Susan, what other tools would you recommend? Um, I like I like uh, a needle nose snipper, a snip that has a pointed, because oftentimes if you are working cl- very close work with roses, there can be a, uh, a cane that you don't want to knock off a basil break because a basil break that's growing right on the crown, if you knock that off or you knock off a new new growth, it, it doesn't you will have other new growth, but that particular cane doesn't come back. So I like for finite work, I like a um, a needle nose type snip. So I look for different types of uh, snips and some of those snips have it's just so handy they come with a thorn so when you go out to snip your flowers or to snip off your the uh, spent blooms or to cut a bouquet you have your little snip and it has a uh, the thorn stripper and you can remove your thorns and bring in and make yourself a bouquet so they're very handy and also a lot of times if your lopper you can't get your lopper in to work 
without removing or accidentally knocking off another cane. I can't do pruning without a uh, a razor tooth folding saw. In always in my little bag of tools, I have a saw with me because you just can't get some of those large canes without that, and especially in a large climber. So you want a folding saw. And um, <clears throat> if you are showing roses, um, and this is in in the article that you're going to post later, uh, a little hydroponic finger micro snips. It's like a razor for very finite work. If you're going to show, you have to be able to remove every bit of the stem so it looks as if if you're disbudding a plant. So you need to be able to show or it needs to look like there was never a bud there. So if you're disbudding and if you want to take that bud off and not show any debris on that plant, you need tools like that. So you need your loppers, uh, a long handle shovel, wheelbarrow, and goodness knows you need kneeling pads or some kind of pad in the garden and a watering wand. And I like, um, and you know, you said that wonderful um, tool that you saw that DeWitt actually sent that to me. They made a little little fork so that I can get into the um, around the um, basil breaks without damaging the plant. Because if you use too large of a tool, then you might knock off your basil breaks. Now, Susan, when you when you are pruning, do you use rubbing alcohol that you mix with water after you're done snipping to prevent the spread of disease? That's something that that's in your tool bag, also. Yes, you especially if you have been around any type of. Uh, <clears throat> you really need to cleanse your tools. I've I wash my hands with soap and water. I, uh, I'm very careful with the tools. I make sure that I wipe them down and dry them, and uh, I dip them in like a little alcohol and water solution. That's a really good point, too, because you don't want any kind of um, disease to spread within your garden. One of the other things that I like to use whenever I'm doing any type of maintenance is I use an old bucket that's kind of small. It's it's a two-quart pail, and depending upon how much work I do, that might do the job. Or what I will also – I have this really cool – it's a foldable bag. It collapses, and <clears throat> I have a small size one, and then I have a large size one. So depending upon what I'm doing – I can take it with me if I'm going down to one of the educational beds or if I'm even in my own yard and say I'm doing some weeding or pruning, what have you. Uh, but I do find that if I am doing a larger job, I'll actually just take a garbage pail with me to deposit the debris right there. Quick question for you. When it comes to gloves, what, do you, what kind of gloves do you have? Because I know some Rosarians will talk about um, the rubber-coated gloves, others have, you know, everybody has their own favorite type of protection. What do you use? Well, I had trouble getting used to wearing those long synthetic, I, I think it's it's like a man-made, it seemed like a suede. I'm not, it's 
it's not a real thing. It's washable. But, you know, I find myself that no matter how often I put on my gloves, the next thing you know, I've taken my gloves off and I've got my hands back in in the dirt again. You know, I just inevitably, I seem to uh, take them back off. But I'm really trying to um, keep my gloves on and wear the gloves that go up to, you know, further up my arm because I I end up going to shows like last year I went to the Chicago Flower and Garden Show and I had tripped. I caught my foot under a rock and I fell over in the garden and I smacked my head on the railroad tie and June you should have seen me. I had I was just scratched up like you wouldn't believe. I'm trying to be better about educating people on safety and wearing your safety equipment so you don't end up looking like me because my husband said, you can't wear short sleeves. You look like you've been mauled by a rosebush. So um, please wear your wear your gloves because um, they really can, you can get some pretty bad scratches. And there are, there's some bacteria on those roses and you can get, uh, you can get infections. So don't be like me. Don't keep taking off your gloves and getting all scratched up, you know, because. I, uh, I was horrible years ago. <laughs> Many years ago, I would go out to the garden barefoot, no gloves, Mm -hmm. no nothing, shorts and a tank top, and even to cut the lawn. And then one day, my brother actually yelled at me. He said, what, are you crazy? He said, do you want to lose toes? Do you want to lose a limb? And Mm -hmm. accidents happen all the time. So for people that think wearing flip-flops, this and that, it's great. No, it's not. It's, It's really a poor choice, especially, as you pointed out, when it comes to safety. So at this particular point, when I'm out there, I make sure that I have skin protection so that I'm not subjected to the elements, you know, the the, um, the sun's rays, whatnot. I always wear a hat. And mm-hmm. I also wear, if I'm pruning roses, I, I, I actually was given a pair of these gloves. They're made out of latex. Uh, they're pretty thick, but let me tell you something. They they go all the way up my arm to the elbow, and they're fantastic because every year without fail, when I would prune my raspberries and blackberries, I would just scratch up my arms, and it was inevitable. And the same thing with rose bushes. If you have, especially some of the wild roses that I that I have, and unfortunately I don't know the botanical name, but they do scratch up your arm. So it's the protection really is for your own safety. And the same thing with the long sleeves, whether it's the long sleeve shirt or the long sleeve pants, it's important as well as your, your footwear. June, I had on flip-flops when, when um, my shoe, that flip-flop caught under the stone that I had in the garden. And that's when I fell over and I actually did get a concussion because it was a railroad tie that, um, you know, I fell over and hit my head. This is, and so I'm not kidding. And then, you know, I wrote it. It, it was kind of funny because my feet were tangled up in Bolero. And, I mean, I I was scratched everywhere. I mean, so it's, it's really serious because um, there was nothing to stop me except my head on the railroad tie. So you can. I'm really trying now to tell everybody, look, don't wear flip-flops you know, out in the garden and yeah, uh, wear your clothes. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So, uh, yeah. Susan, moving to our next topic, 
when it comes to receiving your roses, say if you order roses early and they're delivered way before it's time to plant, what do you do? So many people, they think that, well, you know something, I'll leave them out in the sun for a little bit. It's a nice day out. Bad idea. Well, you know, a lot of folks don't realize that our garden centers, they get those roses, they're shipped to them, their root, and our garden centers get them and they're potting them up and then they're leaving them out right there in their greenhouses. So pretty much you're in the same situation. So I probably am going to get, uh, and, and a lot of our rose societies that sell roses, they get them and pot them up and then resell them. So you need to have some pots that you've saved from when you've bought some roses. Be sure and save them in case you might them early and get yourself some good potting soil and I've been um, really it's it is important to get good organic soil because I've done quite a bit of research you want to make sure that there's no contaminated runoffs in your soil so you want good organic soil and have your pots and pot those roses if you don't have a greenhouse if you even have a garage with a window that that it's not going to go below freezing, at least you can get get your roses potted up. If if not, at least get them soaking. Uh, if not, talk to your shipper. Many of the people that you have bought your roses from, they know your zip code. When you placed your order, if you didn't notice, they're asking you what your zip code is, and they ship roses to your area after the last chance of a frost but just in case say you have a freak late frost go to and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago go to www.plantmaps.com and it's going to tell you what your uh, plant hardiness zone is and i like that because it's going to tell you the very last day last chance of a hard frost so don't don't plant too early i just had a disastrous you know we i just had a disaster one year in texas of putting my plants out too early better plant better put put your plants out too late than too early and lose a lot of money so go and get your plant hardiness zone and make sure that your shipper has your zip code so that you're not getting your plants too early but if you're worried, pot them up, put them in your garage, put them where they're not going to be in any danger of a frost. Like we've got a heated garage where our adopted kitties are staying, where we go out there, and my husband has a workshop out there. And um, that's where I bring in the plants for the winter with a grow light and put them out there, put them someplace where they can leaf out, and then harden them when it starts getting warm take them in and out when I I mean that by saying take them how out. How many hours the day. a day? How many hours a day um, and what time? I mean, should it be towards noontime when you take them out? How do you, how do you begin? Yeah, start taking them out during the heat of the day. Let them stay out a few hours in the sun and then bring them out when it starts bring them in when it starts getting cooler. So that's what they call hardening them. And then ease them out. Otherwise, it's just too shocking for them if you just go stick them out. You know, just <laughs> Does that make now, sense? Of course. 
Now, when it comes to pruning I the thought, roses... I thought, you know, it was funny. It was like I was asking the listeners. <laughs> so, just a little bit. <laughs> now, Susan, when it comes to pruning roses, do you prune roses in the fall or do you wait to the spring? Or when when is the best time to prune? There, Folks that I know up in Minneapolis where the winds are crazy, they top them because those winds whip them around and, and uh, can damage them. So, but I do most of this, I do my pruning in the spring. I just like to. And what are some tips that you have for our li- listeners really quickly to properly prune? And we, can, we, we do intend to do another segment fully devoted to pruning your roses, folks. But in the interim, Susan, what are some of your tips for pruning roses? Well, right now, just keep an eye on them. Right now, it's still pretty chilly here. People in California are already probably pruned, but right now you can start topping them, like just take off the big tall parts and then keep an eye on it. You won't do your finite pruning in the cold parts of the country right now. So, And start getting your tools ready. Make sure go in and order all of your soil amendments. Just make sure you're all ready. I, I won't be pruning for quite a while because, you know, it was 23 degrees. So um, just most parts of the country, they're cold and snowy. So get your tools ready. Make sure everything's all set. Order your soil amendments and get, get prepared. And, and you can, I'm not even going to top them for a while. So that's what you should be doing. Clean out your, clean out your sheds. How's that? Pretty good, that, huh? That sounds like a great <laughs> idea. Very good advice, Susan. Once again, thank you so much for coming on the show today, and I look forward to having you come back when we will talk in more detail about what you need to know to prune your roses, especially throughout the entire growing season. Thanks for having me, June. You're very welcome. And, folks, please check out the companion article to this interview, which is available at www.theorganicview.com, which will also have a lot of information that – Susan has so graciously shared with us as far as her advice, as far as how to keep your roses beautiful and growing very healthy. Have a great afternoon, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.